do this without dumping my stand today. Good morning, everyone. I'm happy to be here on Valentine's Day Eve. And uh, I hope that uh, you've all made your plans, um, gotten your cards or flowers or candy or made your dinner reservations. Uh, however you plan to celebrate Valentine's Day. Um, I think my doing this has gotten me a little better prepared than usual, Barbara. So um, I'm so happy that uh, I can be here today. I'm going to put this here so I don't drop it. Um, when I was asked if I would speak today, I thought about it briefly, and I thought, I have been telling everyone about this book I've been reading. And so I said, I might as well just get up here and tell everybody. Um, I have um, been um, uh, searching in my, in my faith walk with, with Christ, and uh, this book is leading me to some answers, so I'll get to it right away, except uh, if you wouldn't mind praying with me, please, that uh, I can ask for God's blessing on this talk, and, and thank you, Pam, for praying for me as well. Uh, holy and gracious Father, I love you so much, and, and I pray, Father, that you have prepared me with the words that you want me to say, and that you've prepared people's ears for receiving what I hope, Lord, that they need to hear. And I just ask that now that you uh, bless us with your Holy Spirit and, and pour him down mightily on us, that uh, the words speak to our hearts and... Uh, make changes in us and, and draw us closer to you. All this I pray and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, grace and peace to you from uh, God the Father, his Lord Jesus Christ, and um, for the beautiful Holy Spirit he's blessed us with. I'm going to take you through uh, what led me to looking for this book. Um, I, I love coming to, to this church. Uh, I love this church family. And I feel very blessed that um, God has given me some abilities to be able to get up and speak. Uh, yet, so many times I feel out of my league and um, like over my head. And I've been searching for more joy in my service to God. And so I pray about it and I pray earnestly about it. And I don't hear God's voice, but. I get little messages, like I'll wake up at night and, and look at my alarm clock, and it says 316, and uh, I just think, oh, God loves me, he gave me his only begotten son, and that if I believe in him, I, I will have eternal life, and um, uh, Barbara has been reading uh, different devotions um, that um, she's been getting in her devotional, which really are speaking to joy and passion for God. And um, I daily get uh, something on my computer, and you could probably get it on your phone. It's called First 15. And it's for the first 15 minutes of your day, there is an introduction which is beautifully written each day. And then there's a, a song related to that theme. And following that is... Um, Bible verses and a devotion, and then following that is a prayer and how you can pray about these things. Let me just tell you some of the titles I've been getting. Um, God's Relentless Pursuit of You, 
abiding in God's joy, the desire to be passionate, all of these things are leading me closer in deeper love with God. And I, I pray for that for you. Um, um, God is passionately pursuing each of us. Now, I've seen this in the Bible, but I never thought this much about it. But he pursues us as a bridegroom pursues his bride. In Revelation, it tells that Jesus is waiting for his bride to be prepared for him. And we, the church, are his bride. In our righteous acts of our, of our we, the saints, are our wedding clothes. And so throughout the Bible, I never, I never really was focused this much on this, but the word bride is used 53 times. Even in the, even in, um, the small book, The Song of Songs, the way that Solomon is talking about his bride in there is being compared to the way that Christ is pursuing us. So what an amazing thought that is. Um, falling in love with Jesus reminds me of when I fell in love with Barbara. And what it felt like. What a joyous thought that was. She was beautiful to me physically. But as we got to know each other, I found out how beautiful she is inside of herself. And we became emotionally attached and then intellectually attached. And I get to see her true beauty and loving her. And in that, it's made me a better person. Of course, made me a better father, but also a lover of this world and a lover of life. She's a voice of reason so often for me and helps me make better choices. I want that with God. He would change me for the better. He would help me make better choices and be the voice of reason for me, too. So um, the idea behind this book, it's called The Seven Longings of the Human Heart. Um, this man is named Mike Bickle, and uh, he started a, a group and it became, I don't know if it was in the beginning, but it became the International House of Prayer, IHOP. So it's not International House of Pancakes, but, um, but the International House of Prayer. I was talking to my prayer buddy yesterday um, at Vieta Cristo, and he said his church supports this group, and they do things together, and it's in Kansas City. Um, so what a, what a small world that uh, Daryl um, told me that they support this, this ministry. Um, Mike Bickle has been running this ministry for 30 years, and old and new people have gone through it. And in his time there, he has identified seven different longings that God has put in our hearts 
to lead us to him. Um, He defines longing as an ache in your heart, a cavity inside of us that only he can fill. He put these longings in us to draw us to him and display his love and desire for a relationship with us. So let me read these. Um, thank you, thank you, Jared, for putting these up. Let me read the table of contents for you. There's a foreword, and I'm going to spend a lot of my time on the foreword today. And chapter one is the longing to be enjoyed by God. Chapter two, the longing for fascination. Chapter three, the longing for beauty. Chapter four. The longing for greatness. Chapter 5, the longing for intimacy without shame. Chapter 6, the longing to be wholehearted. Chapter 7, the longing to make a deep and lasting impact. You may identify yourself with one of these longings. You may recognize that as something you've been desiring in your life. Um, The central theme of this book is that Jesus, being the bridegroom, waiting for the church to be overflowing with love sickness for her bridegroom and to become his bride. Um, Even in... um, uh, um, our sacrament of uh, communion. There is still that idea of the bridegroom with his bride. I want to just tell a little bit of, uh, from a friend of mine, uh, Pastor Janice Cooter, who gave this um, talk years ago, and it stuck with me. I mentioned this to her yesterday. I said, could you just help me with a, a, a small little bit of what that sermon was that you gave? And she she gave me this couple of sheets. She's so generous. Um, she said, when a man wanted to marry, a, a young, young man wants to marry a young girl, he would go to the father and arrange for the settlement of a dowry. And once that was done, much like a young man might get down on one knee and offer a ring to his uh, girlfriend, the young man would offer the woman a cup of wine. And he would say, this cup I offer you. And I give you my life. And if the woman accepts it and drinks it, she says, I accept your life. And I give you my life. I give you my life. And so the marriage covenant is established. Jesus did the same thing on the third cup, the cup of redemption and salvation. He took the cup, gave thanks to God, and said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. I give you this cup. I give you my life. Will you be my spiritual bride? 
Will you accept my life and give me yours? So the main theme of this book is Jesus the bridegroom in lovesickness for his bride. And in our church, working together and cleansing ourselves and seeking God, we were making ourselves ready to be his bride. Another idea in this book that really hit me right between the eyes, and we are also in my small group, we're studying Romans, and it's the same thing there. God is good. And um, in this book it says, it takes God to love God. I never thought of it that way, but we need the Holy Spirit in us to be able to love God fully. And it makes sense. Even in Romans 8.26, it says that we, in our weakness, don't even know how to pray as we should. And so the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So we need God's Holy Spirit in us. Take a moment right now and ask God for his Holy Spirit to flood you and draw you closer to Yahweh, our God. By the way, I want to talk for a moment just about the the name Yahweh. This is another thing Barbara told me this week. Yahweh is a Hebrew word, and the Hebrews did not, I guess, have vowels in their words, but it was Y-H-W-H. It's like breathing in and out. Yahweh. Yahweh. And even people who deny God, even people who think they are atheists, say his name by breathing in and out. What an incredible thought that every day our breathing in and out, we're saying his name. So the title of this book is looking for, uh, my story, is looking for love in all the wrong places. And what this is about, and it makes such sense to me, is we've got these longings inside of us, and if we don't know God, if we don't fill our longings with God, we fill them with unhealthy things, ungodly things, sometimes destructive things. Um, if we've never experienced God or understand who he is, the inferior pleasure of sin feels like it's enough. Even though it's temporary, it doesn't satisfy. So we go from sin to sin to sin. And I think of God as understanding that. And he's like a father waiting for his toddler to come to him. And his his patience and his kindness. He is waiting for us to stop looking for sinful things and finally finding him and coming into his loving embrace. I just think of God that way. How can that not give us joy? 
Um, I want to know this, this talk is a little too long, so I wanted to skip a few things. Do you know that there's nowhere in Scripture that states that angels have passion? We, human beings, are the only creatures who can receive God's love and return it. None of the plants or the animals, and not even angels, are able to do that. Angels are our servants. Hebrews 1, verse 14 states, Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation? We will inherit salvation, and angels minister to us. And as the bride of Christ, we are one flesh with him. And as Pastor Gary said three weeks ago, he will share his throne with us as his bride. Revelation 3.21. I'd like to just talk about one of these longings. And it is the longing for the insurance that we are enjoyed. We look for it being enjoyed from our friends, from people we meet. We long to fit in by the things we say, the things we do, the places we go, the things we wear, the ways we try to be popular and acceptable. But our true longing is to be enjoyed by God himself. Do you know that each of us is God's favorite? Let that sink in for a minute. You are God's favorite. When I look at myself and my life, all I see are shortcomings, things I should have done, things I should have said, how I need to improve, get my improvement plan together. I'm God's favorite already. The apostle John called himself the one who Jesus loved. He understood Jesus' passion for him and his longing and desire to be connected in love with John. We all need that. We need to recognize that, as John did. You are his favorite. How does that make you feel? Don't you want to love him more? Develop his relationship? As God's favorite, you are wonderfully made with unique abilities. Because of this, he wants an intimate relationship with you that only you and he can share. He delights in you as you delight in him. God loves his children, and Jesus is passionate for us as his bride. Take a moment and close your eyes and ask God to show you how to enjoy him the way he enjoys you. When I first came to know Christ as my Savior, 
The first v Bible verses that I memorized and really connected with was Psalm 37, verses 1 through 6. And I think it's verse 4 that says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, when I first tried to get to know God, I really felt like if I love God, I'll get anything I want. And he is not a heavenly Santa Claus. Uh, it's a rather selfish way of looking at it, but I thought it was a safe thing. I thought I was safe with that. And then another interpretation of this could be that as we come closer together with God and we share his heart, that his desires become ours. But that's more like a way of coercing us into being what he wants us to be and doing what he wants. And he's not a puppeteer. He is not going to make us do things that are unnatural. So when you think of these longings, he put in us different talents and desires that we develop in our lives. And they can be used to glorify his name. You could be a teacher and bring glory to God and the love you show children. You could be a, a factory worker and bring glory to God in your daily routine and how you show others God's love at lunchtime and, and in and out of um, uh, punching in and, and just your manner and how, how you speak to each other and how you, um, I guess, convey your love of God through your actions. Um, you can be a florist and show your love in, in uh, sincerity in, in a funeral or a wedding. Or if you've ever been to Rice's Flower Shop, it's full of um, messages that you can share of God. Um, being a banker, this is the way you receive people at, um, at your banking window. I, I do think that God has placed these desires in me and the fact that I'm up here with you today is I really came to love teaching as a profession. But before that, I was a musician and I, I still love to play music. And so uh, I, I really like to play a song that I wrote that uh, kind of sums up what I'm talking about today. And so if I can do this without breaking everything. It's kind of funny that um, when I came to, to Christ, and started reading the Psalms, that I, um, I suddenly started, started to want to write music. And um, I started playing guitar about 10 years ago. I'm still not real confident in it, so see how this goes. And uh, if you want, uh, Jared's so kind to put the words up on our screen. And uh, if you want to close your eyes, this is like a song prayer.
uh, of what we're talking about today. It's called Lord Draw Me Closer. I don't know if I can still speak here. Thank you. So, I hope this, and pray this talk has opened your eyes maybe to a new way of looking at your relationship with Christ as our bridegroom. 
As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so your God will rejoice over you. Isaiah 62, 5. And in John 15, 12 through 13, Jesus said, This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. So on this Valentine's Eve, I hope you remember that greater love has no one than this, that one lays down his life for his friends. May your life be blessed. May your heart delight in God. And may you find joy in serving our most loving God as he prepares you to be his bride in the millennial kingdom. Thanks, everybody.